Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You listen to them break down Eric's first year in WWE? Now hang out with us! This is After 83 Weeks with Christy Olsen. That's me. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz I know you know and love this one. I love this theme. Yeah. Such a good theme. Just let it roll for a minute. Hello, everybody, and welcome to After 83 Weeks. We're coming at you live on YouTube. Make sure you give us a thumbs up. You guys are already chatting about Three Minute Warning and uh, a little action we call HLA. We are going to get to all of that. Because this week on 83 Weeks, Eric Bischoff and Conrad talked about his first year in WWE. Follow up to last week's uh, where they only got to his debut. Just the opening night. Just the debut. Just the debut. This is the show for all of you 83 Weeks fans out there. To come after the show, we talk about the big reveals. We get your guys' reactions. You guys are already chatting away. We love that. And of course, we're, you know, the first ever podcast about a podcast, which is pretty cool. And let me introduce this man right here next to me before I tell you who else has taken notice of our podcast about a podcast. Oh. Yes, you, sir. You are my tried and true. You are my ride or die. You are my... I wish I could think of more cutesy words for you, but I feel I'm like I'm... your three-minute warning. You are my three-minute warning. I'm your three-minute warning. Christian I'm Rosie and Jamal. Rosenberg. What's Rose? up? Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, Rose, I'm Rosie. You are Rosie. I'm Rosie. That's great. Yeah, I, I'm great to be here as always. I got more space around the desk this week because it's just me and you. I know. Everybody's hauled off already for the, you know, whatever holiday or something. It's all right. I'm thankful to be here to talk about this one because this might have been since we've done this show mm-hmm. this might have been my favorite podcast my oh. favorite episode oh well then I'm glad you're the yeah. only one here to talk about it then so <laughs> I can talk a lot <laughs> that's great that's great well I can't wait to hear what it was that uh, that spoke to you so loudly but you know someone spoke to me on Saturday night who ooh wait sat- oh, Saturday night like it was was like candles lit <laughs> that um, did sound kind of I know on Saturday kinda night kind of sexy didn't it Saturday night someone spoke to me <laughs> Okay, it really wasn't that hot. It was oh. it was just a tweet. I was about to ask if Blue Chew was involved. But, so. well, okay, no, I better. Okay, <laughs> okay, we are keeping it clean because Eric Bischoff tweeted at me on Saturday, and he, he just said simply, Christy, we need to talk. Ooh. And uh, my immediate reaction was like, oh, I'm pretty sure we're following each other. I'll DM him after posting a sassy GIF reply. And after posting the sassy gift reply, I realized that it's 83 weeks that's following me and not Eric Bischoff, of course, duh, because why would he follow me? And I can't DM him, so. <laughs> and he has not responded to my uh, cutesy gif of Alexa Bliss putting her hands up as if to say I did nothing wrong and running away. So I will have to keep you posted on what it, on what it is that Eric Bischoff Eric wants with us here at After 83 Weeks. They need what do you talk. Think? Oh, there's so many possibilities. I know. Do you think we ticked him off? We could have upset him. He could just be mad at George for calling BS on stuff in the past. It's probably um, He could just be wanting to 
find a way to get in contact with me because he's such a fan. Oh, that makes sense. He might want a deal on my t-shirts, which everyone can get during Black Friday sale at prosandtees.com slash Christian Rosenberg. <laughs> I knew we were going to get that in in the first five minutes. Oh, you know. <laughs> and there's more plugs to come. Uh, um, I, I don't know, but I'm very intrigued on what he needs to talk to you about. Are I you nervous? <laughs> Not really, but I feel like it is very like old school wrestling you guy to to do that and then leave me hanging, right? He's, yeah, he's effing with me, right? I don't know. I guess we will find I out. I mean, I, I I'm not Eric Bischoff, so <laughs> I don't know what he's thinking. He's got a lot of thoughts going in his mind. He does a lot. A lot of them very good. Some meh. But so I don't know which area it is <laughs> with you right now. Well, I will keep you all posted on that. Yes. But we did get about two and a half hours, two hours and ten minutes, something of yeah. his thoughts on this week's episode. As I mentioned last week, they intended to cover his entire first year, but only got up to that big debut. Got to about 11.05 p.m. that Monday night. <laughs> that, that first Monday night. Yes. Well, we're jumping right in here to their, it's the, the storyline going where who can land Hunter on their brand? Bischoff is, of course, a GM, and he talks a lot in this episode about his working closely with Stephanie. Another thing we touched on a little bit last week. Hey, girl. But we got a, a little more juicy tidbits, you know. And um, something interesting that he had to say, too, was not just about Stephanie, but was about Hunter. Of course, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Mr. Triple H, who Eric Bischoff said was okay. He, he described Triple H as just being okay. He's good. He's solid. But he's just okay. What did you think about that? It's not because a lot of people feel that way oh. from like from my understanding from like a lot of critics because everyone talks about you know the incredible charisma of the rick flair dusty Rhodes, steve austin rock hogan etc where triple h the longevity and the championship reigns i mean obviously he's in that conversation with all those grades mm -hmm. but so many people do not bring him up in that conversation because it's like yeah he's really good he has some great matches he can he can certainly cut promos, but for some reason, and I don't know what it is, but there are a number of people that just don't have him on that same level as Shawn Michaels, as Ric Flair, etc. And I mean, I think a big part of that is longevity, mm -hmm. which I mean, he's just not at the end of his career yet, not anywhere close. Um, well, I mean, as far as in ring career, he's still wrestling, obviously. Very little compared to how he used to. Yeah. Because um, there's this thing called age and his other job. But, but I mean, he should be in the conversation with, with those people based on what he has done between um, D DX, Evolution, mm -hmm. and what he's doing now with NXT. Um, so That's probably his biggest contribution. Yeah, and, and, he, that, and he's the type of guy... That would say that's his biggest contribution. Is oh, absolutely. absolutely. So, so I mean, I do you think I it's the it's the, is it the stigma? Is it the same thing that women in this business have been dealing with for decades? It's the well, he's with Stephanie, so he must have gotten some of the things that he has because he's with Stephanie. I'm sure that's part of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, but that's just kind of nagging in the back of people's I minds. Mean, yeah, that's almost to the same extent as I mean, Charlotte Flair always. Oh, well, her father's Ric Flair, so that's why she's getting the opportunities. Where obviously we know she works her ass <laughs> right. off. And uh, but but there's always going to be some people that be like, well, she wouldn't have got to that point if Rick didn't do that part for mm -hmm. her. But it's so and so I'm sure you know Triple H wouldn't have had this if Stephanie didn't do that. That's always going to be there. Mm -hmm. And is it justified? For the most part, no. Right. 
but it's there. It is there. And you know what else is there? All you after buzzers out there. They're all talk, out there. They're everywhere. All out there. We love every single one of you. Talk to the people, Rosie. I, I talk can to talk them. to them. You talk I can to talk them. to all of you. Well, let me do that. Hey, after buzzers. Our network produces after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows, from dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more. There is no network that works harder to serve television fans. But we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you, and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about the pesky notifications, don't. They're optional. So hit that subscribe button now for this channel, and check out our other AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well, and let us know you did in the comments, and we're going to thank you on there and give you shout-outs, just like Chris is about to shout-out people in the chat room. Like! Yeah, give like... shout-outs. Like Demo, like Star Drew, like... Christy Reports. Hey, girl. Oh, hey. Christy Reports in the <laughs> So, more of those to come. But for now, thanks for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk. Yeah, thank you, guys. And and those of you that I just shouted out here, you guys are chatting up a storm. Demo said that, you know, maybe Triple H gets overlooked because I'm going to have to find it again. But I know she mentioned guys like Steve Austin, Stone Cold, and The Rock. Well, because he, he, I mean, he came up at the same time right. where Michaels were there, Rock was there, Austin was there, Undertaker was there. Um, other there are others that um that are still in my mind at the moment, but yeah. So it's almost kind of like, oh, he was the other guy there, but he is actually. When you really want to think about from the wrestling standpoint, has done more mm-hmm. than those guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Austin sold more merchandise. Rock has had more mainstream success, mm-hmm. and as far as wrestling, Triple H has done more. Right. Absolutely. Well, the chat roll also thinks that Eric Bischoff maybe just wants to tell us how much he enjoys our post show. That's a possibility too. He just might. He just might want to be like. He just might want to be like. Oh, Chrissy, glad we got to talk. Keep up the good work. Bye. Well, yeah. Eric Bischoff also reveals that Hunter wasn't really part of the inner circle. And when he started saying this, I thought that he was implying that Hunter was not accepted by the boys. But really, what he meant was that Hunter kind of stayed out of that hoopla. Stayed out of trouble. Yeah, that he meant it more as a compliment. Yeah, no. Did you, I, did you get I that? I agree, and and I think you know, and I think that can be really said because this is how Triple H was really prior to going to WWE when he was with Bischoff and WCW, mm-hmm. and then he comes to WWE. There's the whole click story where he was the one who got punished, mm-hmm. even though he didn't necessarily do the most wrong or anything like that but all of a sudden he started hanging out with those people and oh look what happened to him so i he probably when he left wcw went to wwe he was like i should have just acted like i didn't wcw does none of this would happen but obviously in the long run he's probably glad it it happened because (laughs) the rest is history the rest is history until we fast forward about three minutes in yes that's right we are going to talk about three minute warning did someone just say Three minutes. That would have been a great cue for the theme if I let Steve, our engineer, let if we had told him, if I had told him ahead of time, <laughs> and I failed to do so. It's all good, though. I didn't tell him that. He's busy pulling up all this great B-roll, you guys. Steve, if you amazing. join us live on YouTube, you can also see what we are actually talking about, which yes. is pretty darn cool, and which is three-minute warning. So Bischoff says. Listen, no one asked for his thoughts on creative, and he doesn't really know where this came from or or why. He was just really there to conduct himself how he wanted his talent to conduct themselves at WCW. He wasn't going to ask a lot of questions. 
But he was excited about this three-minute warning thing. He also says he never even knew whose idea the Chuck and Billy wedding was. It's hard for me to believe that someone like Eric Bischoff could take such a backseat role. I know he was just there to be talent, but don't you think that would have been incredibly difficult for him? Probably at first. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you have to you have to welcome it. I mean, I've personally been been a similar, obviously not to that grand scale that Bishop went from running WCW to being a talent WWE. But I, I know there are times where I was one of the main people booking and writing those storylines for an independent wrestling company, mm-hmm. and then. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, I started working for this uh, for another company where that one I had no they were just going to tell me what to do. And, you know, part of me, just a natural part of me wanted to jump in. I was like, oh, this guy, what if you do this? And then, but oh, oh, wait, I'm not supposed to say that right now because that's <laughs> not my role. And, and they'll get annoyed at me because I'm not <laughs> right. they didn't hire me to do that. <laughs> so so I so I get what he's saying. And mm-hmm. and there are certainly times where it can be tough. And there are certain times where it's very refreshing it's it almost feels like you're on a vacation mm-hmm. even though you're still working <laughs> if that makes that's, any sense that's pretty much exactly how he described yeah. it as well well he kind of throw there's a lot of little tidbits in this episode stuff like um he didn't have vince in his ear when he was commentating which i that shocked me i know whatever anyway uh <laughs> you know what know, Christy? Nobody, i know i don't know i don't know anything people okay i don't know anything he dropped a little bit of uh details about kevin dunn is that something that you're interested in those backs those behind the scenes guys do you want to know more about them some of them you know kevin dunn i have very limited knowledge of kevin dunn mm-hmm. i know he's been Vince's number two guy forever. Mm-hmm. And he probably will not go anywhere until Vince decides to go anywhere. Um, if So if, never. If, so so <laughs> never. Um, I've heard all different stories, good and bad. But I've, I've never really heard anything about, like, an outgoing type of personality, which is pretty much what Bischoff kind of affirmed it's yeah. just like you know very just straight to point do the job boom 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 mm-hmm. and that's that's pretty much as far as any stories that I, i've never met him um i you know so i have no relationship or anything really to back it up on but some people work there for a year and never meet him like who i don't know oh all right oh that name must be up in the cloud somewhere but <laughs> good one still got it but no um kevin Dunn, i mean It'd be interesting. I would like one day maybe if he actually did, not necessarily a podcast, but like, you know, a real sit-down interview yeah. with, um, with Conrad or somebody, you know. that that I would be very interested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, yeah. Right. And unfortunately, that'll never happen anyway. Right. We, right. We know right. <laughs> well, another behind-the-scenes guy who is not involved in wrestling is Mark Burnett. For those of you who are not familiar with that name, this guy is a Mondo TV producer. He's the guy behind Survivor and about a million other Lucha Underground, too. Reality shows. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. So I guess I could have told you guys that. And then you would know who I'm talking about. <laughs> well, he's best known for Survivor. Right. I mean, of th- course. That's kind Out, of. Outside that sh- of. That show's done pretty well. The wrestling world. Yeah, I feel like, you know, it's been on a few seasons. Yeah. 
And he apparently was in some talks with Eric Bischoff to do kind of a martial arts show. It was like Enter the Dragon, Mortal Kombat style, but they just couldn't find a network home for it. This story wasn't particularly juicy, but it did get Bischoff talking about his experience with karate and his uh, and he was on ESPN. how he competed in martial arts. Yeah, actually in the 80s, he actually had a few, do they call them matches? Pardon me for not knowing. Fights, I, th- I think they just go by fights. Fights, yeah. So he even had a few on, on ESPN. ESPN. This yeah. was with a promotion called PKA, and I, I liked hearing about this. It was something that didn't that wasn't about you know Eric's one year of his career while he worked in wrestling or, or something kind of some personal stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I've known that he you know had all the martial arts experience, and I knew that he uh, competed. I didn't know it was to this extent, especially when he had some fights that were nationally televised. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and, and yeah, he, he wanted t- and he wanted to talk about it. He wanted he well, wanted like, to oh, tell everybody. He's like, about all right, it. well, if we're going to talk about it, well, let's talk. You know, it's not that big a deal. But yeah, I was on ESPN twice, and I did. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of cute. You know, this yeah. is not someone who gets to brag about his physical prowess, right? You know, even though he's worked with athletes for how many years, so that was cool to hear. I I appreciated that. Mm. And then, of course, we go right from martial arts into kissing the boss's wife because that's just the kind of life that people lead in professional wrestling that's that's the world of wrestling this was another one where he says he doesn't know where the idea came from but he assumes it was vince's idea because who the hell else would suggest that he kiss vince's wife besides vince himself what came out here and and this is something that i immediately was like can't wait to ask rosenberg about this one Uh oh he talked about these bizarre vince mcmahon stories Oh, people have heard about these bizarre stories, these proclivities that he has, whatever, which is the stories are probably all BS anyway. But I've never heard anything like that. Is that a predominant? No. Oh, oh, they're rampant. Oh, so many crazy stories. There's so many things that have been turned down that he's wanted. Um, he's, he's He's tried to pitch incest angles multiple times. Okay, that, so that's, that's, that's what one people thing. are talking that's about. That's one. Okay, it's not like a personal story of like, I saw him one time at the strip club. With the, it's not like that. Kind no, of no, there are ideas oh, for okay. like, what if we have this guy pull I'm this out of his so ass? I'm so glad or, you know, straightened this yeah, out. Yeah. I was like, thought they were trying to imply that there was some kind of deviancy here. I didn't. I, I did not know what the implication um, was. I mean, he's. I'm glad you straightened I mean, it out. He, I'm, I'm sure there's some of that too, but. <laughs> But I don't think that's what he was referencing. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, Vince liked to take people out of their comfort zone. Yes. Because he believed that it made for good TV. I, I liked that Eric brought that up because that seems to be a really good explanation for a lot of stuff that goes down in WWE, yep. right? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll just chalk it up to that. And Eric Bischoff did take things as far as he could at, at points. You know, he talked last week about really sticking to the script. He told a story this week about uh, talking about Stephanie's peaches on the air and that she was really kind of up for anything and that she, um, oh, and then, and then he makes these comments. I, okay. I thought this is what the tweet was about when Bischoff tweeted me because mm-hmm. I, that was the week that I said like, Oh, when he talks about women, he only brings up who they're sleeping with. Like, why is that relevant to the story? And this part was, was, you know, he dropped a couple lines about, um, he was going to add her, add her to the list with the fat chick. It was just very attitude area language, attitude era language. Well, that the, happened at this point in the show. Well, like, yeah, the, well, the, the fat chick, I mean, he's referencing like NWO sold out. He, he had yeah. to make out with an NWO, uh, and Yogo, who was a very large woman, um, and he willingly did it. 
and, and then there's Stephanie. There's you Linda. You can't refer to someone as the fat chick. The 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 overweight person. Yes, I, okay. I wish he would have said that. Instead. Okay. <laughs> no, I just have to do my little crusade. I'm a fat person. I mean, I'll admit it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not uncomfortable with it. I'm pretty sure no one would call you the fat chick. Well, Christian Rosenberg. If I had a wig on. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's talk about some hot chicks. Yes. Let's talk <laughs> about them. Because, you know, they gave Triple H, H the belt, but that's whatever. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, he, he won that a lot. Yeah. That time he's just given it, but it's fine. Hot lesbian action. Okay, guys. This is... Why don't you break this one down, Christy? Yeah. Why don't we talk about this? I... This was an era in wrestling where, I think I mentioned this last week, like, feminist crusader Christy at this age was like had a problem with some of this stuff. So, so to be honest Crusader with you, did not enjoy hot lesbian action. No. Oh, no. interesting. And I can't, I can't honestly say that I had ever watched it before this week. The B-roll is showing the clip from it right now. Yeah, and I even questioned whether to give the B-roll to... <laughs> Jerry Lawler with the binoculars. Yeah, I'm to sorry. Show, I mean, it's funny. It's, it's funny right now. Yes. But... When we get towards the end of this, it's difficult to watch. Oh, sure. It is not like anything that you have seen on TV since or ever will ever again. And I hate to to judge it now or even talk about it now. I mean, in the context of the show, that's not the point. We're, we're going to discuss what Eric Bischoff had to say about yes. it. But it's it's difficult to discuss something like this in this day and age where – people's acceptance of this would be very different than it was back then. And for, for people that are just watching because they're seeing it, it's not on the B-roll footage yet, but you're referencing when Three Minute Warning come out mm-hmm. and and literally beat the crap out of the, the women. In, in, as they're, you know, in, in, in their thong, underwear. Um, yeah. thong ridden. Yeah, it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. And it did create some controversy back in the day. And even Eric Bischoff said he thinks this crossed a line. But the line that it crossed, that in, in his mind, is when they got beat up later, which we're getting to right now. Yeah. Yeesh. Well, you know, that, I mean, that was what he, he thought that was, was the area that, the line. He, that he thought was crossing the line. And it's amazing. I mean, when you really think about it, 15 years is not that long of a period of time. Mm-hmm. But where we've gone, we were at this stuff. And from here, we're at now with the women's revolution, with all the women just kicking everyone's butts and. And um, you know, main eventing pay per views and everything like that. Just the difference of where we've come, mm-hmm. and it's it's just so interesting because it wasn't that long ago where this was a thing, and this was a thing this that was, was the cheered. Only thing for the women, yeah, yeah. Because Bischoff literally mentions uh, on the podcast, he said nobody watches women's wrestling because mm-hmm. for that was the case. I mean, I can tell you at this time I was twenty twenty one years old. Yeah, I enjoyed this segment for, you know, I, as as a young collegiate guy <laughs> for the reasons that pr- probably all males that watched this segment did. Of course. Um, but, you know, looking back now as a 35-year-old child, because uh, that's still <laughs> what I am. Um, I mean, yeah, you look back and just like, this, this really happened? And, and it's still interesting because on the independent scene, there are intergender matches. Yeah. Men wrestle women all the time. And, I love intergender wrestling. And do and they do move like men do moves to women, you know, more like maybe even more vicious than what these clips were. Mm-hmm. But obviously the women are are, you know, these women were wrestlers. Yeah. But these women that I'm referencing in the intergender are you like, oh, we're wrestling. 
Right. And <laughs> that's um, the distinction. I mean, that's really the distinction. These are wrestlers. Those women are wrestling. Right. I mean, the best way, look up any type of video of uh, Brian Cage, um, like the BC's, you know, um, Google him if you have not heard of him. He's one of the strongest wrestlers known to mankind. And Tessa Blanchard. Oh, from a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I the, was there. You were you were there at, at Bar Wrestling. They also wrestled um, a couple other times that they're on, whether it's Fight TV or YouTube or anything like that. Yeah. And what what Brian Cage does to Tessa, but the fact that Tessa comes back and does the same stuff to Brian Cage, yes. it just shows where women's wrestling at. This is a great example of it. Uh, and the, then the next night she went and had the longest iron match ever with Mercedes Martinez, I'm pretty sure. Or no, yeah, it was a couple very, days very, later. Yeah, soon after that. Um, so... So it's just like the I know I don't want to keep overusing the word evolution because obviously that's <laughs> okay. a very played okay. word lately. Actually, I actually feel like we haven't heard it in a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the world of wrestling, the world <laughs> evolution has been, but but it really has been, mm-hmm. and and I I do I do find it interesting how Bischoff now looking back is saying this. I'm just really curious if he 100 percent felt that way on that day in 2003. Because 20-year-old me didn't. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so I'm sure, I mean, he's probably like 21 or something. Because I want, I want to make sure he's watching and, and likes me, too. But <laughs> I don't know whether or not he felt the same exact way. And, that, and obviously, it's going to be so hard to tell because right. so many years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, he talks not only about that controversial angle, but, of course, about Chuck and Billy's wedding, too. He got into sort of um, a little bit of a... Not such an exciting story about getting fitted for the mask. I love the story. Oh, you did? I love this. Oh. This was, I mean, the Billy and Chuck (laughs) wedding is probably one of my, being I do the SmackDown After Buzz show, and SmackDown recently had their 1,000th episode. Um, This is probably one of my, like, top maybe five favorite SmackDown moments ever. Yeah. Was this wedding. Because I remember... I remember the all the buildup for it, and I remember listening. I I'm not really personally a big Howard Stern fan, mm-hmm. but I listened to Howard Stern <laughs> when they talked about this and they promoted this, and it was on all the news outlets. Like, you have to tune in to this week's SmackDown for it. Obviously, I'm I'm knowing. Uh, okay, well, they're not really going to get married, so what's going to happen? Something's got to happen. I was tuning into you it. Savvy wrestling fan. And, well, but then, but but the biggest thing that I remember, besides obviously the Bischoff reveal, mm-hmm. was Bischoff's character like shaking and laughing in the mask, and I love the fact that he talks about all of that in this story, and the and the depths that they had to go back and forth to get the mask and the prosthetics to look right, yeah. and him testing it on who he took it after, and. And just and I remember like when he when he started saying the line to talk about like you know thirty years sixteen months or three minutes. As soon as he said three minutes in like the old voice, I'm I remember I remember this being at home and watching and like three minutes of just like what as soon um, and then and then he goes back into his regular voice like wait a minute I'm just like oh my god that's Bischoff like because I. I I mean I could tell that it was someone wearing makeup. Yeah. But I had no idea who. And all of a sudden and then like how he described it when when Rosie and Jamal came out, 
lay waste to everyone, including Stephanie, mm-hmm. and Bischoff like holding her at first, watching and beat every, beat down Billy and Chuck and Rico, and it was so well done and so surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Bischoff talked about on the podcast how like he felt the gasp. Or uh, you know, from the crowd, took the wind out of he them. took the wind out of the crowd. I mean, he he might have felt it from people watching at home because I know I gasped because <laughs> it was so good and so unexpected, mm-hmm. and I I loved hearing this side of it. Like I I want to hear all right, I hear Bischoff's side. I want to hear Stephanie's side of this. I want to hear Billy's <laughs> side of this. I want to hear Chuck's side of this. I want to hear Rico's side of this. <laughs> Um, you want prepared to be a whole podcast series just about the wedding. I think it also threw me because it was one of the first times that I remember that like a wrestler actually had a um, like a what do you call the microphones that are just like on oh the like shirt. a lavalier. Thank you, like a lavalier because Rico had one and he's like he's like go on Chuck say it. I'm just like he's not holding a microphone. Wrestlers never do this. I love. I love that you remember. <laughs> I remember this. that. I no, I told you this is one play. of my favorite favorite <laughs> moments. I have my Christian's Closet segment every week on on SmackDown After Buzz that uses the Billy and Chuck right. theme. There it is, right there. That one he's ready for. Steve, well, Steve engineers our <laughs> After Buzz SmackDown, so I think he was just waiting for me to bring it up. That was good. Um, it's because like it was just such a unique team, a unique story, and an incredible moment, and I'm glad Bischoff talked about it. Now that you hear him explain that he was going for, like, Jim Barnett, does that make sense to you now? Yeah. Like, did you go, oh! That makes sense. I I know Jim Barnett's voice, and he was trying to almost sound like it. Well, this caused a lot of mainstream backlash. Yes! And and that included sort of the HLA and Three Minute Warning and everything that was going down in WWE at this point, and Bischoff said... The wedding wasn't demeaning, and he doesn't give a F. Was kind of how he wrapped up this part of the discussion. And and he's right. <laughs> I mean, and he would be the one to say, to say, you know, okay, well, whether they're saying good things or bad things, they're talking about you. Mm. And that's what's important. Mainstream media is talking about SmackDown. Right. They're talking about WWE. They're talking about how are they going to respond that Monday on Raw. Mm-hmm. So it's a win. Yeah. It's a win-win-win. We move on to uh, another angle. Eric talks about taking the stink face from Rikishi, from a, a disguised at first Rikishi, right? Oh, actually, real quick, um, it's before you get in. I actually it dawned on me because I have I have a, um, what I find to be like a funny Rosie and Jamal story. Oh, please tell if I may, if I may share. Yeah. Um, well, that I found funny. So this was actually so it was after like three minute warning was past its its big height. Mm-hmm. So this was the point actually Jamal was released before he came back as Umaga. Okay. And Rosie, before he he teamed up, he eventually became the superhero in training, the S H I T, uh with the Hurricane. But before that, he was still Rosie of three minute warning, but he was by himself. And it really made no sense. Yeah. So I remember I went to a um trying to think so i was home on a break from college and my brother and i went to a wwe live event in hartford connecticut and there was the only match i remember from this show was a match that made no sense so it was a tag team match it was the hurricane teaming with teaming with tommy dreamer which is an interesting team versus the team of rosie and lance storm again no reason for these guys to be paired up 
There's no story whatsoever. And this was like within the week that Jamal was released. Mm -hmm. And at this time is when I was first discovering dirt sheets and all that (gasps) stuff. A magical time. Yeah, Chris, Chrissy <laughs> loves dirt sheets. I despise them now, but when I when I was young, I first discovered them. I'm like these are so cool, and I'm I'm like I'm around ringside, and the entire match, I am yelling at Rosie, making fun of him that Jamal got oh. fired oh. because I'm a terrible person, oh. and um. And I just remember, like, so I'm heckling him, like everyone should not do. And, and the match ends. Rosie's on the outside of the ring. He, he's on the floor. Um, Hurricane and Dreamer won the match. And then I yell at Rosie. I said, now go in the back and find Jamal and stay with him. And he does one of these, one of these slow looks. Uh-oh. And just gives me the look of death. <laughs> Gets up to his feet Uh and starts walking towards me. (laughs) Lance Storm, a.k.a. my knight in shining armor, (laughs) runs over to Rosie and starts, like, turning them around, like, let's go, let's head to the back. Because Rosie was going to murder me. And, like, it did, It took until, like, about a minute after they were gone where it dawned on me, which was like, he was going to punch me in the face. I was going to get my ass kicked by Rosie because I couldn't keep my big mouth shut. And Landstorm was my was my Spider-Man. And I'm eternally, I'm eternally thankful for Landstorm for that day. That is one of my favorite stories you have ever told. <laughs> and you got some good ones. That was a good one. Yes. I have never heckled anyone since. I just, I just I want you it. to know. I love it. Well, well, maybe you deserved a stink face. I, I did. In for that, that for that, that, I definitely situation. deserved a stink face. And maybe you would question yourself too, as Eric Bischoff did. He was like, "Are they trying to just demean me?" But then he remembered. <laughs> he says he remembered that the McMahons aren't afraid to embarrass themselves on camera, and he remembers a little something that one Hulk Hogan told him a long brother. time ago about Vince, brother. He said. Vince will not ask you to do anything that he wouldn't do himself. And that's something that we've heard resounding over and over about and, Vince. And, yeah, from everything, every story we hear about Vince and in the crazy things that we've seen people do, mm-hmm. we know that's why they do it. Because they know that Vince would do it. Right. If, you know, Vince would not, I mean, Vince had himself get blown up in a car once. <laughs> um, so we know he's willing to do anything. Right, he's willing to uh, give up his daughter's lips to one Eric Bischoff. Multiple times. And he talks a lot about how that storyline just got dropped. And it sounds like he was pretty disappointed well, about that. Well, I remember that, that because I, re- I remember watching them like, they're making out, Stephanie's kind of liking it, and then we <laughs> never heard from it again. And it was just like, what was this supposed to lead to? You know, like, was this supposed to, oh, maybe they're actually going to reach some type of partnership slash quasi relationship and both of them are running both shows together but maybe it's one plan of the other to get in the heart and then secretly take over the other one it could have been but we we don't know we don't know even just now when you said that i was so invested i'm like yeah what and then what happened yeah because like that 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 could have been like stephanie's plan and all of a sudden she's taking over both shows and and bischoff is powerless and (sighs) but we'll never know well either way bischoff didn't ask Lori. The Mrs. The Mrs. Bischoff, if it's okay for him to be making out with everybody. If he's being filmed at work. You think it's okay? I think it's okay. 
right. Now, now, now. To, to, to Rosenberg's future wife, make out with whoever you want. Just keep it on as camera. Long, as long as we see it on TV, as long as I don't find out later on that you rehearsed for several hours prior, <laughs> I'm fine. Oh... Uh, I love this. The chat rolls already. Looking forward to next week. They want to shout out to Lance for saving you because they yes. love you. Let, let, let people tweet Landstorm um, a thanks from me <laughs> for that time. I'm sure he does not remember that. But, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. Yeah, you, right? never, you never know. Eric Bischoff also says he was not excited for Elimination Chamber. I found this very interesting. He says it didn't resonate with him, although it did with the audience. But because he's always coming from producer standpoint from running the show and he says he just saw this big ugly cage and how are you going to shoot people in there and and shoot I mean film yes we we know what you mean (laughs) it was it was problematic according to him yeah and and I and I understand that because I remember watching the first one and realizing like oh it's kind of tough to see things yeah and I get it because it's a thicker chain than the classic steel cage you have more of the thicker bands in between it's covered for on the top yeah so yeah it's definitely harder to get the cameras in for a live crowd it's incredible mm-hmm. but definitely at first it, it was tough for them to, i mean they've since figured out the like the good ways to to record it right but but it was definitely it was definitely a gamble at first it's work because they still do it there's a pay-per-view early next year f- solely behind that did you see the elimination chamber like the actual structure at access Yes, I've been I've been um, inside it. I've been, oh, I, yeah. Well, you I'm sure you have too. I was busy working. Oh, she was busy working. I was busy being a tourist. <laughs> did you did you show your did you get crazy on vacation as a tourist and show your boobies? I was just trying to look for a Girls Gone Wild segue. I don't know. Yes, Let's talk about oh, Joe. Oh, Francis. that wasn't an actual question to me. Oh, all right. You uh, do another story, another story time. <laughs> I don't know. We didn't need to talk about Christian's booby stories anytime soon. <laughs> well, I'm sure those of us who are of a certain age remember how huge Girls Gone Wild was. And Eric Bischoff says he he got a, he had had a friendship going with Joe Francis, who was the guy. Joe Francis was the man, which is in the crazy. early two thousands. It's crazy. To th- like look back and we're like, this was the guy. Yeah. He was the guy. And especially just since how far he's fallen since then. But back Is he in prison right now? I don't even know where he is right now. He was in jail. He is was. Is he still in jail? I forgot that he existed. I was following all that for quite a while. Yeah, I mean, you're you're, you're you know the queen of the gossip I and know. all that. You should know more I than I do. That, I forgot about him. All right. To to be determined. Okay. I'll keep you all posted. Chat roll. Where is one. Joe oh, Francis? Yeah, chat roll, please. <laughs> you guys are the best. They would have liked to have RVD win that. Oh, win that chamber match. Yeah. Well, he he was busy breaking Triple H's trachea. (laughs) Which happens every great once in a while. And another thing that almost happened, or maybe at least Vince McMahon was interested in buying Playboy at the same time that Joe Francis was. Eric Bischoff is is getting his hands in the pot. They're talking about maybe doing a Girls Gone Wild pay-per-view. This seems like it really, at this point in time, would have been a match made in heaven. WWE and Girls Gone Wild. And WWE and Playboy. I Absolutely. mean, they had they had so many of the girls in it. Mm-hmm. It, it it it's a perfect match. Um, I mean, I would almost think, I almost feel like Vince McMahon should still be trying to buy it today. Yeah. yeah. 
But they're, they're, since they're so PG now, they won't. Well, yeah, now they, it doesn't come with the mansion anymore. So, you know. But he didn't, Eric Bischoff did not really address what happened with that idea or where it went or why it fell dead in the water. Did I, I didn't miss something, right? No, it just kind of, it just kind of faded away. Yeah, this was one of those burning questions that I'll have if, should he tweet me again? I, uh, I have a list. <laughs> and I will tweet that her back. Time. Tweet her back, Eric. Or you can tweet me. Hi, I'm at Real Rosenberg. <laughs> be nice to talk to you. It would be. Well, he uh, <laughs> he had a little talk with one Bruce Pritchard who asked if he wouldn't mind working with Steve Austin. And Eric Bischoff said, sure, why not? Apparently, they had a little uh, a little beef from back in the day when he fired When he kind of fired him Steve via FedEx. FedEx. <laughs> but this, this was really a beautiful story. He got to the point where he says, um, you know, they filmed these promos. Steve Austin was into it. He said from the beginning, hey, let's be friends, buddies, whatever. They got to the point of this match at No Way Out. And Eric Bischoff describes very candidly being concerned that he was going to hurt Steve Austin. He also says he saw Steve Austin's leg tremoring before the match. Uh, in, in a very sort of he describes this dramatic scene with where they're backstage and Steve Austin's leg is shaking and they're having this conversation and Eric Bischoff just so wanted to make Steve Austin look good but he was scared I this seemed very real to me this yeah. was I mean I don't I don't know I don't know how true as far as like the leg tremor part was but yeah Austin was definitely hurt at this point I mean that's part of the reason why he he walked out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he was not the same Steve Austin. And obviously, when you you're you know you're in a ring with someone where you know like one one bad move you know could completely I mean one bad move typically would would severely hurt someone. Mm-hmm. But when someone's already in that condition, you know that could be you know catast- really you know life changing, catastrophic. Yeah. And being that Bischoff's not a wrestler. You know, he was very, uh, really, you know, worried about that. And, and I can understand. I mean. That is when people get hurt. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing like I've, I mean, you know, I've had, a, again, I'm, I've, I hate that I'm like comparing myself to what Bischoff's done because obviously it's such a minute comparison since he's done things far, 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 far bigger than me. And I didn't do your fancy intro at the beginning, so people don't know that you've been in the wrestling business for over 13 years as a personality commentator and evil general manager. And, he's and, done it all, and I have And I have taken my share of bumps and gotten, yeah. and gotten hurt as well. And there have been a number of stories where, um, you know, like um, the bookers in charge are like, well, you know, what if you do this match with this guy? And it's like, I don't know if I should because... I'm not training that. I'm not going to. I'm going to be worried for his safety because right. I don't want to accidentally, especially, you know, when it's someone, you know, I um, that was approached once with someone who um, he was, you know, um, in the latter stat- stages of his career, he, you know, was limping all around in the back just from age and all the bumps they were taking all the time and yeah. like brace after brace on his knee. And they're like, oh, what if you do this thing with him? And like, I, I should not do that because I don't want to I don't want to accidentally do something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, so I didn't end up doing it. Um, so I, I totally get what what Eric was saying, and the fact that they made the adjustment of like you're just gonna beat the hell out of me, and I'm really not gonna do anything to you. Mm-hmm. And and it worked. Everyone enjoyed it. They they absolutely did. One beatdown, however, that we didn't see on camera is this much much talked about backstage altercation. Well, I don't know if we'd call it an altercation so much as an attempted beatdown <laughs> by Ric Flair. To Bischoff, 
we've heard this story at least from Ric Flair quite a while ago in his book after everyone you know being sworn to silence or whatever um, he got his side of the story out there Bischoff has touched on this at different points but we finally got a play-by-play from him uh, a few of the highlights he says that none of the stuff that Ric Flair in Ric Flair's account really was true and that he Eric Bischoff did not get hurt he barely even got hit or touched yeah he said he wasn't touched yeah and also, which I thought was interesting, that he lost a lot of respect for Arn Anderson that day, that the whole thing was just weird and left him confused. What stood out to you the most in his account of the story? I would say that the the confused part, just because, I mean, kind of like how we touched on it a few weeks ago when he talked about, yeah, him and I, we just suddenly had a beer and laughed about it. We never really um, you know, talked about our issues or hashed it out. It just, I mean, so like at this time, it was like, you guys never talked about this? Because this sounds like, I mean, whether whether Rick was true, Eric was true, or it's a mixture of the two. It was bad. It, it's bad. <laughs> it's, it's quite bad. So, um, and I was also kind of surprised. Obviously, I know Arn is, is like a brother to Rick and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But I am really surprised from, from Eric's point of view that Arn just stood there and wasn't trying to calm Rick down or get him away from that. So that part kind of surprised me. But again, who knows? Because we've heard two very different sides. So very different. so who knows which side? I mean, part of Rick's could be true. Part of Eric's could be true. Neither could be true. Don't know people. Uh, so, I mean, I found that interesting. But at the same time, um, I don't remember if I mentioned it. Oh, yeah, because I think I mentioned it last week when I was talking about, like, things between Eric Bischoff and Jim Ross or whatever. Like, whoever says what, I almost take it with a grain of salt now because they always are, like, opposite ends. Mm -hmm. It's similar with this. Yeah. I, what stood out to me was the end of the story where he goes to Vince's office and I want to say tattle, but I also don't want to get tweeted. I don't think, honestly, (laughs) that's a situation I can see people thinking it as a tattle. Yeah, explain. I, I would not consider that a tattle at all because here's the thing. There's a there's a little children's game that's called telephone, where one person will say this and then one person will say this, and eventually, okay. by the time it gets all the way to the end, it's something very different. I'm always the type of person where I I like to I like to tell people that you know all right if you know if you like something great if you don't like something that's fine too just tell me directly and you know have you know, like a good reason why whatever it is. And then we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden when I hear, oh, like someone comes up to me, oh, Christian, you know, did you hear that? Like this person thinks that you did this and said this. And like, well, no, have them talk to me then because I don't know what's 100% true out of this. Mm-hmm. So I would want to go, if I, if I was a part of something, I don't want all of a sudden um, who was a random wrestler that was at this time? Sean Morley, Val Venus. Nice. Because um, he was brought up a few times in this. I don't want him to suddenly, like, maybe have heard through something and, and happens to walk by Vince in the hallway. Be like, oh, Vince, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, did you hear that that uh, Bischoff um, knocked one of Ric Flair's teeth out? Right. Because that's what it could have turned into. <laughs> and, and, um, and so, like, I would have been like, you know, if I was in that situation, I went straight to my straight to my boss and be like, "Hey, I don't know why this is what happened. Let me know if you need anything else from me, but I'm staying away." 
Do you think the the boys, the boys in the back, as they are sometimes affectionately referred to, do you think they would agree with that? Or is that is that management level thinking? I'm sure it's probably going to be split mm-hmm. um, because there's always that that um, I don't want to I don't want to use the term like bro code or anything like that. But why? Why uh, not? Because I, I don't know if I'd consider it like that, but. But, you know, there would definitely be people, like how you were saying, would consider that being a snitch move. But I think it would be a matter of making sure that we that we get everyone on the same page as quick and as harmlessly as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I'm, I'm perfectly fine with the way – I just found it funny how Vince was like, all right, I'll look into it. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, he would have no intention and probably wouldn't really well, – Well, he meant, well, they read from, from Flair's book how Vince talked with him. Right. But yeah, but that'd be the extent of what he would say to Bischoff, which makes sense. Okay, well, thank thank you for that for your side. I like that the chat rolls talking too. They say they believe Eric. All right, kind of over, yeah, overwhelmingly. Although Joseph Boza says he's surprised it took Eric this long to speak up about it openly. That's a great point. It is a great point because Flair's book came out a long time ago, and Bischoff was so adamant that his account was completely wrong. I guess now he just had the opportunity. He was busy with TNA. And that. (laughs) (laughs) And that. Well, just a a couple little throwaways here at the very end of the episode. He said he had a great relationship with Goldberg at WWE because Goldberg knew he could trust him. Mm -hmm. That was interesting. They talked a little bit about the triathlon with Austin. Nothing. I forgot about that one. Is is that just the newsworthy part? Just that it happened? Yeah. And it was fun to hear about? Yeah. And uh, how how kind of some of the things that happened in the in his first year in Bischoff's first year in WWE, there were some points where he questioned that first phone call with Vince when Vince said, "Is there anything you won't do?" And he said, "No." Yeah. Apparently, he regretted that a, a little bit throughout that first year. <laughs> and oh, the Slambury Fight Challenge. This is something that Eric Bischoff wants to talk to Vince McMahon about. He said that he heard that Vince wanted to answer this challenge and was talked out of it. I don't buy that for two seconds. Not at all. I don't buy it you don't wh- either? whatsoever. Vince would have never done it. No. Because whether, whether Vince walked out there, Vince could have walked out there and, and murdered Eric Bischoff yeah. in that ring. Bischoff would have won because Vince showed up on a WCW program. <laughs> it would have never happened. Mm-hmm. Period. Uh, we can dream. We can dream. Hey, Nathan Rita in the chat. You guys are great today. This was a really fun episode. I love this episode. I, I If you couldn't Controversy tell. Controversy aside. If you couldn't tell how much I love this episode. <laughs> you you did love it. I love this episode. We got, we got to know Rosenberg and, and a I'm, little better today. And it's interesting because I'm really curious about next week's because he's talking about the AWA because this was before my time. Yeah. So, like, part of me, it's weird. Part of me is, like, kind of not looking forward to it just because I'm not going to really know. But at the same time, it's like, oh, well, this will get an idea of Bischoff's really fir- very first stuff in wrestling and how incredibly terrible the production quality was. <laughs> it's on the network now. You should see it. It is horrendous. Yes, the chat roll has already been pointing out to me that I'm going to have to watch the network. Don't worry. I'm, the clock's still ticking on my two months free that I got from 83 weeks. So. We, I mean, you, you get... I'll be watching. You get that? There's... Um, Are uh, you about th- to do a network promo right now? No. I'm just talking about all the things that they promote. So, yes. Well, they do promote Go the ahead. network, don't they? Well, then there's... <laughs> they promote... I think it was Stitch Fix was the one that they promoted. Yeah, what was that? That one... <laughs> that one, that one not, came out of nowhere. I'm 
I'm not going to lie. I might look into that one. Uh, oh, they convinced you. I mean, it sounds good. I mean, hey, I have a segment called Christmas Closet for crying out loud. That's true. That's true. Um, and, of course, Blue Chew. And we had like a 10-minute oh. Blue Chew advertisement this week, which it was a little long than it should have been. I usually fast forward through it. Am I missing out on anything? Like No. That's actually probably the wise thing to do. I just imagine that it's Conrad saying, roll tide, roll tide, like a bunch of times. And no. I still don't understand what that means. No, it's it's Bischoff talking about his wife. Really? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I'm going to stop fast forwarding through the commercials. Nah. No, Maybe not? You can, you can fast forward it. <laughs> I can. That, that part. I might, I that, might, that part I might want to weigh in on it, and yeah. it might be something that Bischoff will have to tweet me about again. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. He, he'll definitely need to talk to you then. <laughs> All right. This has been tons of fun. Lots tell, of fun. Tell everybody what you're up to for the next week or so, where to hit you up at, all that fun stuff. Well, Twitter, our Rosenberg. Instagram, the Rosenberg. You already heard me mention com slash Christian Rosenberg. Huge Black Friday sales happening right now. 20% off everything. It started already? It started today Dang. on com. 20% off everything. Plus... Special limited things that are 30% off, a few things that are 40% off, plus other free goodies if you spend X amount of dollars. Great time to buy the shirts. And on top of that, as good of a deal that is, collarandelbowbrand.com, promo code Rosenberg, during Black Friday weekend, you don't get 10% off when you use promo code Rosenberg. You get get 30% (gasps) off. And a free T-shirt on top of it. What? A free Collar and Elbow brand T-shirt with any order. And then promo code Rosenberg saves 30%. It's insane deals. You have to do it. Make sure you use my promo code because then they know that I brought you there. Okay. I will stop waiting for them to give me free stuff and I will buy it with your promo code. Hey, there it is. <laughs> I got one. Yay. And guys, oh, please. I, you know what? Let's take a moment since it's Thanksgiving week to thank all yes. of you out there. We're a new show. We're chugging along, but you guys join us every week. You you reach out. You tell me how much you enjoy it, and this is this is so much fun. This is the highlight of my week, and thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me here. Oh, this is, well, this is my least favorite part because we have to wrap, and I usually just keep talking and talking. All right, <laughs> I see it on the screen. Let's wrap up. Thank you, guys. Have a safe, fun, and happy holiday, and we will see you next week to talk about the AWA. Take care. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.